Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 555. 555. Welcome to the show. In my hand is a microcontroller. And when I say micro, it is truly micro. It's tiny. And I'm going to take a risk tonight because I'm pretty new to things like being a maker, soldering, and creating little micro circuitries and things like that. But we're going to learn together. We're going to play with this device, which is powered by an ATtiny85 microcontroller. It's called the DigiSpark. Stick around. We're going to show you how you can build a, con- a controller and do some really cool things for just about 3 or $4. Stick around. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Recordings are trusted only to solid state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. What a week we are here. Yes. We're ready to do a show and ready to hang out with you. I hope that you are here for the full hour. This is going to be a lot of fun. How you been? I've been great. Yeah? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm Robbie. I'm Sasha. She's Sasha. Um, yeah, it's been an adventure. We had some technical difficulties before the show. Right. And um, even though you're probably watching this on demand or on cable TV, uh, fact is we also broadcast live. So there are just a bunch of yous watching live. Hey to you. Thanks for being here tonight. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Mm-hmm. Anything new? Anything new for me? Yeah. Right out the gate. Well, this I... This is your chance to shine. That's right. I live my life in VR now. Yeah. That's that's really... It's really been the way that you've been spending your time? Completely. Mm-hmm. Well, I, now that the weather's nice. So what does Dave do? Because like that could be really antisocial if your husband was sitting there well, waiting for his turn. Here's the thing. And... I feel a little bit bad about Dave because I used to, I used to be just the watcher of the oh, game. Okay, but now all of a sudden it's right? immersive. It's and now I you've want, got to wear the headset. Now I want to be part of it, right? So yep. he used to always, even with the new rig, any place like any console games or anything, like he would play and I would watch and I would just okay. be the backseat driver. Yep. Now I want to play, but the difference between the games I want to play and the games he wants to play is that I'm still interested in his games. Right. He's less so interested in mine, but we are... So I, what's the difference? Well, I like games that are... Um, they're not storyline-based as much, right? Like, okay. I do I do like Dead Effect. Mm-hmm. I do like Dead Effect VR, but I don't play it as much as I play, like, Audio Shield or, um, like, um, Hollow Dance or... I have no idea what she's talking about. 
Knockout. Hollow dance. Hollow dance. So you're in like a hologram dance studio. Oh, and you're like a hologram. I was picturing like an empty vessel. Right? Or hollow point. Dancing, which is, which is which what is, I would be on the dance floor. Right? So hollow point is archery and you're shooting these targets and then the shrapnel oh. from the targets sh- shoot back at you. Nice. So it's really active. And you were saying that this is really a workout. It's a huge... This is like um, we fit on steroids. It's insane. Like, I... Okay, so I don't know if you've ever played Knockout. Knockout League, I think it's called. So you're you're a boxer. And okay. you've got the headset on so this you can like see Mike your boxing. This is like Mike okay. Tyson's Punch-Out. Right. Yes. Only... <laughs> yeah, very similar, actually. Okay, except that... It's insane, right? When you get hit in the face, all of a sudden your vision goes blurry, right? Because it's a headset, right? So it does that. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Okay. So it, it actually gives you the perception that your character would have. Exactly. And there's haptic feedback in my in my stuff, right? So when oh, I land like in, a good punch, I can feel it. Oh. And also the head, right? There's enough. No. I think so, unless it's just my head. That's feeling. actually Dave being like, hey, it's my turn. <laughs> it's my up. turn. You can't hear him, but he's like, I want to turn. So, haptic feedback. Okay. So here's what happens. Happened. I okay. So there's there's different opponents that are levels, obviously, but in my mind they're just opponents. Okay. And you can beat them eventually. Y- yeah. But that's the hope. <laughs> right. That's the hope. But it's boxing, right? So you can only right. really go only for so long before you die. Um, so I'm. So, I'm trying so to you're standing there in VR, like boxing, boxing in real time. What is to keep you from like putting a fist through your 60-inch TV? That you set, you need to come over. You set a okay. digital wall in the Deal. Room. Right. All right, guys. That's the end of the show. Have a great night. See you later. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm not the mystery. You heard the invite? Yeah, that's true. Um, so I'm trying to fight this new opponent. Her name is the Crimson Tide. She's a beast. She actually is a beast, but like she w- wears a... Anyways. Like literally. She's okay. a beast. Um, so I really want to beat her really bad. So Monday night I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to fight the Crimson Tide. I'm going to win. So your day at work was pretty rough. Well, <laughs> I... When I end uh, a shift and I'm like, I am so going to beat, beat up the Crimson Tide. I firstly did yeah. not win. Okay. Secondly, I tried three times. And thirdly, not only was my headset so fogged up on the inside from my effort, (laughs) and I was like sweat dripping off me. This is a great story, Sasha. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't move the next day. Oh, no way. Right? So that's how good VR, that's what's new with me. That's how good VR is. So So you need to step back to some games that, that Dave can participate in. Right. Because, like, he's just, what, sitting there just watching you right. fight That's... an invisible opponent. Right. So it's less fun for him to watch me than it is for me to watch him because his are storyline games, right? So okay. His are, like, he's playing Fallout 4 VR, right? Like, there's a there's a progression and there's characters mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's cinematics and it's fun for everybody. And I'm n- not. I'm punching orbs that are floating through the air to the beat of music, really. In, mm. you know. Sounds cool. Or killing the Crimson Tide. I mentioned Mike's, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and I think that if you if you realize what that is, and if you played that as a kid, right, um, then you really have a bit of an inkling, better than the kids these days, of where games have come from. Right. Really, because that was exciting for me when I would fire up Mike Tyson's on the Nintendo Entertainment System, and it was like, go Google it, look at the graphics, terrible. Right. And uh, but that's how far it's come. 
but wait. that was fun. So I, I can't wait. wait to see it. I know. So speaking of old games, yes. do you remember on the show, I don't know if it was like 17 years ago or something like that, we were talking about your retro favorites. <gasps> we were yes. setting up a retro pie and this and I is a gaming the system. One. It was like, there's this one and they're like running sideways and, and the whole community was all over this trying to figure Thank out what you. game this was. Okay. We yeah. never got it. No. And, and then, it clicked. Yes. How did it click? Okay. So last week, I... What, what, what's, the, what's the system it's on? Well, it is on the Commodore 64. Okay, so this is what happened. But so, I found out there is an Atari 2600 version. Oh, maybe that. Okay, so... No, but it was the Commodore. Because here's what okay. happened. It was in, like, my Google News feed or something. And there was something no. about the Commodore 64. There was a news story about the Commodore 64. How well does Facebook know you? Uh, well, it's not Facebook. It's Google. <laughs> it was Google. It was Google. So <laughs> they're listening, obviously. <laughs> they're like, here's the game. Our so, AI has figured yeah, it out people, for you. Our people, our people, wow. our loved viewers couldn't figure it out. But here you go. So it was just a picture. And it was something about, like, how far games have come. It was probably yeah. about VR, knowing my search history um and i was like oh that looks really familiar mm. i thought maybe i've had one of these in the past clearly i live in the moment and don't have any recall i had a commodore 64 so wow. then i googled games for the commodore 64 yeah. and you start looking through the I list start looking through it and i found it she found snokey snokey I know. I really badly want to find a ROM for this and get it on your retro pie, get you all set up. I with want it. that too. Okay, so yeah, look that up because now, and now go back to what episode was it? Like 7,000 years ago. I can't remember when we talked about you it. You need to play the game and also listen to me describe it because I'm pretty sure that they're not exactly the same. And when you Google, should we bring it up? Yeah. Should we see what Snokey looks like? I want to call it Snooky, but I feel like that's because I of... feel like you may have been mispronouncing it all your life. And let's oh, just... look. Google yeah. wants it to be Wow, Nicole Polizzi. <laughs> Hello, a... Nicole. Um, I'm going to see if I can bring up uh, my screen here for you. Snooky? No, we don't want Snooky. We want Snooky. Ah, there it is. C64 okay. long play. Okay, let's like take a little look. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, this is it oh, for the yeah. C64. Does this take you back? Oh, yeah, this is it. This is it? Yeah. Here we go. No way. This is the game of my childhood. This is where it began. From Funsoft. Look at that. There's no way it was this good on the, uh, the Atari. Maybe. Okay. Look at See? that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it has a very Atari-like graphic. I described exactly this, right? Exactly there are hills this. and valleys, and you're like a little bird thing. I thought you were yellow, but... And you just... You jump over things. Wow, Sasha. That is incredible. So you look at that, and this is what you were so... Ex you wanted to I, find. Oh, yeah. Now look at your gaming experience with the, with the Vive. I know. In VR. That's true. That's how far we've come. In your short life, right. that's how far technology has come. Right. Well, when you think about it, the guy who invented Pong, the guy who yeah. invented Pong is still alive today. Wow. Right? And that's like, that's a little square moving around like, and bouncing off of little rectangles. Yeah. Ah. Nutty. Oh, my goodness. That takes me right back. 
Wow. Hey, Category 5 TV shirts are still available. I think we're just going to keep this thing going because people are still purchasing right. some and, and we're starting to get photos from viewers. Um, you can go to cat5.tv slash shirts to pick up yours. Right. Do it. And then email a picture of yourself wearing it. Ooh, somebody did this week. Oh, yeah? Marshman. Here's Marshman from the mid-Hudson Valley, New York. And Marshman says, could you do your best Marshman impression? Well, I'm no Marshman, but I, I do have a cold, so I might be a little bit... There you go. So her, so her voice is Already deeper a little than deeper. usual. Maybe Marshman will also have a coughing fit at some point. <laughs> Love watching the show on either the website, YouTube, or Roku. Wish we had a larger stuffed cat for my shoulder. Can't have a real cat since all of us are allergic. You will see less of me in the coming months as I am on a diet. The oh, puns. <laughs> oh, puns. Uh, the target is to lose 50 pounds by Thanksgiving Day U.S., which is... Later, he's giving himself a longer time. You know what? That's a really good idea to start to to set your goal, and the deadline is Thanksgiving. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Am I right, people? Yeah. Don't... I I hit my goal. Yeah. Pass me the pie. Yeah. Now let's eat. Let's that is eat. Great. Yeah. Well, you know what you're gonna have to do, Marshman, is you're gonna have to pick up another shirt about two sizes down. Um, that's yeah. what happens. 50, yeah, 50 pounds, that's at least two sizes. We down. are rooting for you, my man. You're we are this. absolutely rooting for you. Um, and uh, it looks great in the shirt. I know. And I, I love that he just described the cat because I was like, what is that on his shoulder? Right. <laughs> I understand cat allergies. I understand allergies altogether. Right now I'm having pollen ones. <laughs> mm. Yeah, um, it is the season around here. So... Did he email the contest? He emailed it, but he said... What? He doesn't have a gaming rig. So oh. we're going to have to build him a gaming rig. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's. That's our next show, folks. Okay. Oh, wouldn't that be nice if Category 5 had that budget? If you oh. keep buying our shirts, maybe one day we can build Marshman a gaming, a gaming rig. rig. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, for you, if you do have a gaming rig mm -hmm. and you want to buy... For the kids... That's hey, right. Any kids in your life have a gaming rig and a VR headset? Oh. Want to play a little bit of uh, a little bit of VR? I want to escape reality for virtual reality. Take on the yes, alien you do. folks. Exactly. Dead Effect VR. Dead, Dead Effect, Effect 2. 2. Dead Effect 2 VR. VR. Um, to me, it's just Dead Effect VR because I've never actually played one. Right? This is the first this is, for her. This is, yeah. this is the first She's like, me. she went straight from Snoky to Dead Effect. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can win it. And then you can be my friend. And then we can play together because hey. I'm not doing very well against the crazy zombies. And I need mm -hmm. some help. Mm -hmm. And Dave can't help me because we only have one headset. So mm. it's up to you. Please win and be my friend. <laughs> Second headset is a requirement. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Back to you and how you can win the game. <laughs> Email us, contest at category5.tv. Tell us who you are. That's important. Where you're watching. Who? Where you're watching from. Where? How you're watching. How? And uh, also buy a Cat 5 shirt and wear it and send a picture. Hey, you know what? It doesn't hurt your chances to win yeah. <laughs> because we will actually honor that as if you just automatically won. It's like a random draw of you. I think we, we literally have only like three copies left. We've been giving this thing away. Like every like couple we. weeks we've been giving this away. Right. And, and now we're almost done. We're, we're running low. They're like, whoa, we're making no money on Dead Effect 2 because you guys are giving it all away.
Right. That's well, what they're saying. Yeah, they're like, no more for you. <laughs> yeah, no more. Um, yeah, I need some friend requests on my Steam account. There you go. Okay. Uh, Category 5 also is now on Google Play Music Podcasts. And, you know, you can bring up Google Play Music and you can do a search for Category 5 um, and you can uh, you can find us that way or you can just head on over to our website, category5.tv slash subscribe and you will see the Google Play Music icon which will take you directly to our profile. Beautiful. So mm. that's for listening, not watching. That's right, yeah. yeah podcasts as in audio. So if you're driving, it's the perfect solution. If you're sitting exactly. on the train, you don't want to use up a bunch of bandwidth, you can sync it to your Google Play, and uh, there you go. Also, uh, incidentally, New Every Day is now on Google Play Music Podcasts. That's a really dumb name for a program, by the way. <laughs> Google Play Music Podcasts. They will change that. Yeah, maybe they need to come up with a fancier name or something like that. But we are on there, and our repertoire is growing. Speaking of New Every Day, yes. New Everything is new this week. New hosts, new set, new music, new intro, new graphics, new everything for season four. Can you believe four seasons? I cannot believe I four seasons have passed since New Everyday started. Three seasons have passed and we're about to launch right. season four. Awesome. And if you're a patron of Category 5 TV Network, then you are going to be the first to know all about our new hosts. Um, that is embargoed at this point. Uh, and if you are anyone else or a patron indeed, um, you can also tune in on Friday morning. And uh, if you are watching on KVVB TV, Television for the High Desert on Channel 33, you can also tune in Sunday morning at 6.30 a.m. Wow. We've got to take a quick break. All right. When we come back, we are. Uh, you see, that I've got a little bit of a mess around here. Uh, this is solder. It's my soldering iron. I got a USB thing. I've got some buttons. I've got a little Arduino microprocessor. We're gonna be taking a look at that. We're gonna be learning to be makers right after this. For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. And if Sasha Rickman over here on my left, your right, looks antisocial tonight, Thanks. she's actually being very, very social. Because as I mentioned off the top of the show, we do broadcast the show live. So if you're watching this any other way, hey, know that you can actually tune in to the live broadcast and interact with us through Sasha's smartphone. Here it is. That's what she's doing. I'm That's on what it she's doing. With you. Hey, look at what I got here. My maker kit. Oh, you can't see it because it's out of the frame. There it is. Oh, I love this stuff. I've been learning to be a maker. I want right. to learn to create and craft and create circuitry. Like I'm I'm making little little guys like this. Like this is this is kinda you know? 
So I'm building boards. I got, I've got my resistors. I got my my microcontrollers, and and I'm working on stuff. I'm learning how to do it, but it's a lot of work. I and I'm getting there. Yes. And so I I really feel like, you know, we're at the point where here on the show it's time to take our maker activities to the next level, where we're actually creating circuitry. We're creating things that work things that make things go yes and like it gets me excited but i'm still very much a novice and so me as the host of the show i'm so hesitant to bring this stuff out because i know that i'm really opening up an opportunity to to have a show where something goes terribly wrong right things do not work the way that they're meant to right because i'm new to this yes so i feel like this is a chance for us to learn together and i hope that you're willing i am willing to learn because we're going to learn together. This is this is us yes. sitting down to learn. And what I have here tonight is an AT Tiny 85 circuit board. This is a microcontroller. It's called the DigiSpark. And this was a successful Kickstarter campaign to build this Arduino controller. And I absolutely love some of the things that I can do with this. Now, you think about a Raspberry Pi, it's a it's a microcomputer and you can you can use the GPIO headers and you can build things, you can allow it to control things and do mm-hmm. whatever you code it to do. Right. But a Raspberry Pi when it's all said and done, really, I mean they say 25 bucks, but really when you've got the case and the power supply and everything else, it's going to cost you nearly 100 bucks for that board. Right. This is about $3. Okay, so this is just the microcontroller. It's not a computer. It is something that I'm going to program to do things that are repetitive tasks. So that can be a program that controls lighting or a program that responds to keystrokes or button presses. Ah, button presses. Yeah, and one of the things here at Studio D that we've had an issue with is controlling our camera switcher. So we use Telestream Wirecast on our our system here, and it looks a little like that. And this software I can control with my touch screen. But you notice when we do interviews and things like that, I have to sit over there and everybody else is at the table because we don't have a way to switch because I've got to be able to physically interact with the touch screen. Right, which makes it difficult. It does sometimes make it difficult, and I'm like, you guys are way over there. What if I could turn this and a bunch of these arcade buttons in the top of our desk right. into camera switching buttons? So perfect. That's what we hope to do. That's what we will do. That is what we will do. Lord willing, that is going to happen. And I'm not going to blow up the studio. <laughs> so right. these buttons are literally just arcade buttons that you can build your own arcade rig and the the idea is that we're going to have a bunch of them in front of us drilled into the desk when we hit a button you can push your button try right. it and now your camera is going to turn on oh, and then i can hit mine I can just and my steal camera the show. Turns on. yeah i know right wow. i'm just going to have to hold mine in right 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 so what's going to happen is that's going to send a signal to our little microcontroller right the digi spark right did i mention this is like 3 4 dollars this is like yeah. penny and so we're going to be able to control that. Now, the DigiSpark only has... Now, it's got five headers on it. And, and I wonder if you can see this. I know it's... I wonder... It's re- I, 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 you, you know what? what? I'm going to get, get a really good, good look at this. With, with the five headers... Okay, let's... Can I ask you a question before do. we do oh, the overhead? Any, I do. I, can you, I have Are wings. you able to... On that overhead camera, can you turn the mic off? 
Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, chat room, for letting us know about that issue. Um, So let's do that. Here's my overhead camera, and boom, this is live TV, my friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you like that? So I'll tell you, it's the foo who figured out what it was. Oh yeah. Yes. Let's make sure I've got. Have I got regular sound? You can hear me just fine. I believe so. Oh, 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 no, no. Oh, oh, oh. You guys want to see how I do this? Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay, so here we go. So you're learning a little bit about our broadcast right here. So this is Telestream Wirecast. For those of you who are interested in broadcasting. So this is our main microphone. This is our headset. And you're hearing a bit of an echo, and we've had that happen in the past. Now, if I switch over the shot and go to the camera and then go here, now I'm going to turn off the microphone built into the camera, and lo and behold, now it should sound absolutely fantastic. Now. Here you go. Our mics are okay now? Our mics are beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Does that sound good? Does that sound good, folks? Part of the fun of doing a live broadcast like this, and whether you're watching live or on demand, I love the interaction with our chat room. It's like you are our director producers. Uh-huh. Are we good? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's fire up our microscope. And okay. you've seen this on the show. If you haven't already, uh, make sure you go to our website, category5.tv. Do a quick search for microscope. And let's... Super awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay let's get our little microcontroller in here. And, you know, what other show can do this, folks, so that we can get this and boom. So this is the circuit board that we are looking at. All right, so we've got USB, uh, which is your power, as well as uh, for programming. So it's dual purpose. Um, It does not have to be connected to a computer in order to operate it, but it does in order to program it. We're going to start that tonight. Now we've got some some chips and some resistors, and following the circuits up here, we've got, uh, there's the ATtiny85 chip. Okay. And that is the actual microcontroller, just an absolutely brilliant chip. Uh, and you'll see that this thing came pre-soldered, pre-assembled, but it's very, very basic. And so tiny. Oh, it's so tiny. Like, so that looks huge on your screen, but this, is, this is it. I can't even imagine. The size imagine. of a quarter. Okay. So, okay, so pin-wise, we've got okay. a 5 volt, a ground, and a VIN. Then we've got uh, actually six pins, because it starts at P0, not P1. And that's P0 through 5. So... Uh, the thing about this particular uh, module, so the the controller, the uh, the DigiSpark, is that it only can it can only have three uh, of these pins used to control a device out of the box. Oh. Okay. So if we want to turn on lights or if we want to change cameras, right? It's a problem because we could then only hook up three buttons, right? So if right. we want to have fifteen different camera switching um, taking fun. place, it's not going to work. So that's where I'm going to be introducing a shift register, which is going to take one pin and turn it into eight pins, and allow us digitally to control up to, okay. I guess, seven. Yeah. Devices, seven camera angles from one. Um, okay. From one pin on the. Uh, so you wouldn't need to buy spark. another one of those chips or anything, just a no. chip? No, you could. I mean, at 3 or $4 per <laughs> controller, you could just make a bunch of them, but then but you're using up USB ports in your computer to control so, it. Right. Because this is going to be a hardwired device that allows us to control our cameras. Right. That's the inevitable goal. Now, that's not what we're doing tonight. We're just going to have some fun I with it. I do have a question you may, yes. may or may not know the answer to. So you, you know how you have the P1 through... Yes. 
Look P0 at if you're zero through. through. So obviously only three of those pins work, right? Well, P0 and 1 actually control. This is, um, let's see if I can get in here okay. with a pencil so that you can see. That is a pencil lead, just so you know how small this is. That is a, a mechanical pencil. That is an LED. Okay, and that's P0? Uh, or P, that one would be P1. Okay. And that looks like another LED there, okay. P0. So these trigger, P0 and P1 actually trigger LEDs that are built into the circuit board. Got it. So what we want to do is we want to use, for example, P4, um, and I believe we can actually use P0 and P1. Um, I'm still learning the programmatic, you know, how, how the circuit works. Right. But I know that we can definitely use P4 in order to, um, as a header that we can use to control, like in our case tonight, we're going to try to control an LED. Okay. Okay. All right, let's do this. So, and inevitably, we know that that's going to be something much more exciting. So, let's bring out my maker kit. Okay. Because one of the things that we need to do, now it's got all these holes in it, right? We need to have, we need to use headers so that we can plug things into right. this device. Right. Look at how huge it looks on the screen. Okay. And then I've got a power header here as well. These things are great. Like a maker kit like this, um, you can pick them up through our shop uh, on our website. But just having all these kinds of little trinkets handy. Now, these headers come with your, uh, your DigiSpark. Okay. Um, but we're, we're going to need to actually solder those onto our board. So I've got lead-free solder and I've got my wireless soldering iron. And, and I bought this, but I, I, I think I'd rather have a soldering station. I, yes. I'm not really pleased with having a wireless soldering iron. It's really, really, um, it, it doesn't stay hot long enough. Right. That kind of stuff. Yeah, it so, has limitations, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to prop those up like that. You could use your helping hands if you'd like. Let's get some heat here on our soldering iron. And through I, the magic of TV, it's cool that you can actually see that up close and personal like that i actually have never seen soldering happen oh yeah in my entire life well get so ready we to go. see it poorly done well it'll be the best i've ever seen wonderful so <laughs> see that see how i played that folks all right so let's get a little bit of solder on our our tip there let's see if we're getting any heat i don't like how long this takes oh. to to heat up or smoking yeah. yeah i'm gonna get a little bit of heat going on the the pin there as well well, let's get in there. Ba -ba -da -da. Huh. All right. Boom. Look at how much my soldering has improved, folks. <laughs> Just because I can work at the microscopic level now. Get some heat. I could never do this with the amount of coffee I drink. Look at how, Look at how much coffee I drink. Come on. Be real here. Wow. I'd be so shaky. Well, you say that. It's interesting, though. Having purchased this um, this microscope, I and I am a little bit shaky. You can see it's late in the day, and I have had several pots of coffee. But I'm doing an okay job there. This looks cool. It looks nice, right? So, But working at the microscopic with this device, I find I'm actually... Like, your brain switches to microscopic mode, and suddenly... I'm actually doing it. Right. Now, I'm putting the pins on the reverse side here, uh, which is fine. You can put it on the front or the back. Now, I'm putting them on the reverse because I'd like to have uh, the USB exposed on the, uh, on the outside so that when I put this in a case, it's going to be a little bit nicer, just so you know why I'm doing it that okay. way. Okay. Okay, so now I'm going to 
do a quick job on these guys here. Let's get that in the shot. There we go. Okay, so this what I'm what I'm going to do here. I'm going to back up just a little bit for you. Get into focus here. And I'm actually going to get some solder on my soldering iron and hold these. So I'm holding these pins in place with my finger. And then we're going to get that solder right on there so that the solder is actually going to hold this into place. So solder is glue, like, like glue. Not, it's obviously it's not metal. glue. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was getting really hot there. <laughs> so it's burning my finger. Uh, you may want to use something a little better than your fingers here, folks. All right, let's get some solder on there. Here we go. I'm just getting that right there. All right. What is it made out of? It's magic and dreams. Okay, that's yeah. good. Looks looks like dreams. Working at the microscopic is so neat. And <laughs> that is miserable. <laughs> What happened to my good soldering it's job? It's conductive glue. Thank you. Conductive this is glue. why I love the nice. chat room so much. Okay. I'm going to do okay. this. I'm going to take a different approach. Okay. Okay. So what I'm actually going to do, I'm going to set this up flat. See, and I, I love learning. I love figuring things out. Okay. Can you guys see? So I'd say it would be helpful if I held it, but it's like so super tiny. I don't know really, that I can really help tiny. at all. What I'm going to do, I'm going to put it down like that. And I just, I just want to get one pin on there because once one pin is, is nice and solid, yeah, it will hold them all together so that I can, I can do the rest. Right. And I'm not using helping hands, which is a device that will help me. <laughs> By the name alone, yeah. I understood. Yeah. So you could do a better <laughs> job than I'm doing right now. And that's, you know, part of, you know, I, I want people to know that it's okay to learn. Right. Because I am very much new. Wow, it's so weird. What, what is happening to it? I, I really don't like these soldering irons. It's basically, you know, it's not, it doesn't get hot enough. Can you just drip that stuff on it? Is that well? No, I, I want to actually get, and I'll tell you why, Sasha. I want to get it hot. I want to get the pin hot enough okay. that it's going to adhere to it. Um, basically, I'm wicking the pin and getting the pin hot, and then letting the solder adhere to the board. Oh. And boom, a little bit crooked, but it'll hold. Okay, so Neato. now let's grab the other end. Mm. All right, so I'm going to finish up all six of these pins. I'm going to do a little better job than, the, than what you're seeing here because I'm focusing kind of on video. Wow. You can um, see it, it's not melting right. That's this soldering iron. I really don't like these. I want to get a soldering station. Yes. So This is not a, a winning endorsement of this soldering iron. No, it really isn't. And, and I think, you know, I thought, hey, let's get a, a wireless soldering iron. Uh, it's battery powered and it really does a lousy job. It doesn't get hot enough. It doesn't stay hot enough. Um, so I'm going to finish this up. We're going to come right back after a quick break. When we're back, this is all going to be beautifully soldered, folks. Yes. And uh, then we're going to plug it in. We're going to turn it on and we're going to see what we can come up with as we start programming our Arduino device. Stick around.
Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners and thank you for watching. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Now, I, I said it. I really don't like this soldering iron. It's so cool. It doesn't get hot enough. It's not doing the job right. for me. I want to get, so that's one of the things I want to add to my kit, is I want to get a good soldering station that is hard plugged into the wall, that heats up real fast, and you can set the temperature. So right. watch out when you're buying these that you can actually adjust the temperature, not the voltage, but the temperature. That's important. That's going to make right. a world of difference. Now, I did a, a pretty miserable job here with this, but we've got... <laughs> Sasha, don't be a jerk tonight. Well, it looks really good when I'm not looking at it through the microphone. <laughs> Get I out of here. Took a look. It's, okay. it's not good. <laughs> <sighs> okay, continue. Yeah, all right. So back to the demonstration where, you know, Robbie is showing you how to do things. <laughs> Can we move on? Yes. All right. Okay. So what I want to do now is I want to program this. Yes. So now we've got these headers so I can plug things into it. Perfect. Okay. It may not be a perfect soldering job. That's okay. I'm learning. We're learning. About Again, these are br brutally cheap. Right. So I can buy one and I can mess around with it. And I've done that. I burnt out one and I've got another one that I'm putting on a board. And, and yeah. I can do all these things and have fun with it and not be afraid to try. Exactly. That's part of what's so exciting about the Arduino. Uh, okay. So I'm going to get an LED. Right. Light, okay. light emitting diode. It's just an itty bitty thing. There you go. All right. So we've got a red LED. I'm just going to set that down right there. You yes. can't even. There it is. Right there. Okay. What else do we need? I'm going to get my breadboard. And do you know what a breadboard is? Well, probably not thinking the same thing. Not you the are. same thing. It's this. Okay. So what this does is it allows me to plug things in and prototype test and let's get this piece of junk out of the way it's gonna it's gonna avoid having to solder and let right. me plug things in to, oh. to set them up so now i can take this led and just plug it right into this board okay got it great okay next up we're gonna need some wires got them positive and negative super and anything else I'm going to power it from my computer. I've got a Raspberry Pi power adapter. I'm going to need a couple of wires. I've got those there. Great to have one of these kits, folks. Cat5.tv slash maker if you want to pick one up. Okay, so let's get in there and let's get started on setting up our Arduino device. So this is the DigiSpark. So with this circuit board, now we know we've got Pin four, so I'm going to grab pin four here and just simply plug in my lead. I'm going to use black for pin four. And then we want the ground as well. Because what we're going to do is we're going to program this to say, hey, pin four is going to be five volts and then it's going to be ground. And then it's going to be five volts and it's going to be ground. So we're going to be able to basically flash this LED. Right. That's just a test so that one, we know that the board works. And two, we know that it's able to communicate with our computer. We're able to set it up and program it. And it's going to prepare us for that 
moment when we can set up all these buttons and, and do right. something a little more sophisticated. So with my breadboard, now I'm just going to plug in these leads. So I'm going to have um, positive is going to be my pin four and negative is going to be my ground. Okay. So now I'm going to have to tell this. Let's get my coffee mug out of the way here so that you guys can see that just a little bit better. Uh, so I'm going to tell this now um, where to run those lines to. So I'm just going to okay. grab a couple of quick little wires here. So I've got the positive is going to go to, I'm just going to plug it into, yeah, line tw 21. That's fine. And my negative is going to go to line let's plug it into 17 how about so that's how your breadboard works so now i can take this uh, so my positive is the uh is 21 so i can take the led the long end is my positive i can plug that into 21 and then take the other end the negative and plug it into 17 which is a bit of a stretch why did i choose those numbers <laughs> Because I'm a rookie. There we go. No. Uh, 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 there we go. So that's there. what the breadboard allows me to do. It allows me to set something up like that basic circuit. And now that's, con that's plugged into my Arduino controller, the right. DigiSpark. So now I can plug this into a computer and start programming it. I don't have to have this plugged into the breadboard right now, but I'm interested to see what's going to happen if I, if I do. Okay. Okay, so you need a really good USB cable. Make sure it covers, uh, it carries data and not just... Um, not just charger cable. So right. I was plugging in my charger cable for my phone, not realizing, oh, it's not actually transferring data. So it wasn't working. And then Oopsie. turns out, lo and behold, it was actually that. Just a bad cable. Head on over to digistump.com for more information. Like they've got their wiki there. Digistump.com slash wiki is uh, where you want to head over to. Um, and that's where we're going to get information about, you know, setting up. Let's bring up my screen here. Connecting and programming your Digispark. We can go through the steps there. And that's essentially what we're well, you know, we've already got it connected, but uh, we're going to learn to program it really, really quickly. So I'm not going to plug it in just now. What I want to do is I want to bring up my IDE, which I've already installed. Follow the instructions there on digistump.com. And with my Arduino IDE, let's create a, uh, a really quick application. So you can grab some kind of ideas from here. We're just gonna create something that is going to turn on and off pin four. So you see the demonstration here is pin uh, zero and one, the built-in LEDs. We're gonna go pin mode four uh, output. And then we're going to go down to loop. So that was our setup. So we've told it that that is an output right. port. Um, we're going to set a loop to, uh, we're going to use their example, digital write zero high. So that is pin zero, but we're going to go digital write four comma high. high semicolon. And then we're going to delay for one second, which is 1000 milliseconds. Huh. Uh, and then we're going to copy that line. Uh, now, what do you think high means versus low, which is what I'm going to put here? Just a guess? Um, on or off. Yes. Um, so basically, five volts is high. Right. Low is ground. So See? we're going to be switching it on, five volts, waiting for one second, switching it off. Perfect. And then loop. 
Thank repeat. you for asking me a question that I knew the answer to. Fantastic. Okay. So <laughs> now I'm going to save that and verify my, my program. So it's going to compile it and make sure that everything is good. And it says done compiling. And that is about the most basic program. So if you've got a typo, it will tell you. Now, upload. So when I click upload, it's going to recompile. And then it says plug in device now. And this is going to be your moment of truth. So let's take this device. I'm going to disconnect my pins from the uh, breadboard right now because I just want to plug it in and allow it to communicate with the Arduino IDE. Now I heard the device connect and it says micronucleus done. Thank you. Done uploading down at the bottom left. I know it's hard for you to see. So now that that's done, I can simply unplug it. That's all there was to it, Sash. That is crazy. Oh. So I've uploaded my program. Now it's in there. And now I'm going to plug in my Arduino device. Black is to pin four. And white <coughs> is to my ground. Okay. So that's what my circuit now looks like. And I'm going to simply plug this into uh, USB power. So I'm not plugging it into the computer. I want to actually power this device and see if it runs my program. And if it does, we should see this light <gasps> flash. There we go. That is neat. Every one second. So we actually created the circuit fairly quickly uh, and created the program to now tell this light what to do. And we told it just very simply, turn on and off again. Did you try turning it off and on again? You are awesome. So this is just... I'm just learning. This is fun. That this is, is great. And that is the most basic example in the entire multiverse. But it allows you to tinker and allows you to get started. And my boys are eating this stuff up. Right. And now we're creating circuits that move the lights and animate them. And you can create light boards and you can do all that kind of stuff. And in our case, here on the show, we're going to be creating a controller for Telestream Wirecast using the DigiSpark that's going going to allow us to control it using these push buttons. So neat. It's so cool. So pick yours up. Go to cat5.tv slash digispark. And uh, you can get started on being a maker and just doing simple. You know, we're just getting started. Love it. The most simple code in the uh, multiverse. You ready to head over to the newsroom? I am. Oh, boy. Are you controlling tonight? I don't think so. You I don't think, think so? No. I You're going to give it I, over to me? Yeah, it's better you for me. You trust me? Well, I get all distracted. I'm the guy who, like, does things wrong. Well, it's better because I do things wrong, too, but at least when you're controlling this, I can blame you. Okay. Did you cue it? Um, I, I, no. Oh, did okay. you? No. Oh. You want me well, to? Well, okay. So, yes. Oh, okay. I'm doing it. If you, if you would. Um, <laughs> do you want to know what the most basic code is? And I don't even want to say too much, but I will mm -hmm. a little bit. I'm learning coding from a little app on my phone. That's cool. And it's so super basic. It's way, way basic. And I love it because I get it. Nice. Yes. And this is like JavaScript or C or something like that. I would love to actually have me? you Wait. demonstrate this. I will demonstrate it. I will tell you. Mm -hmm. um, okay, the app. It's called Grasshopper. Let me just see. The coding app for beginners. That's me. Cool. But I, let me know when you're ready. Oh, yeah. It's ready. What's the one that... that um, you and Jeff were talking, and you said it looks like... Scratch. That's what it is. Yes. Thanks. No problem. So it's like that, <laughs> on your phone. Yes. That's neat. I made a flag so far. Cool. 
Well, it's hard to. Ex- I'll show you. Okay. I'll show you. She'll show us on an upcoming show. All of you great, awesome, super computer coders are going to be like, wow, Sasha, this is where you're at. Now? Everybody who has ever soldered in their life is laughing at my soldering iron and is laughing at the soldering job I did. You even laughed at my soldering job, which really motivates me to, to, do, to do better. better. Yeah. <laughs> you did a great demo. It worked. And I it was able worked. to make it go. In the end, I was very much blown away by the flashing lights. There so. you go. It's, I, she didn't know I was actually just pushing a button under the desk. If you program that button, <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Twitter's 330 million users are being urged to change their passwords after some were exposed on its internal network in plain text. Ford is developing a new smart car window to enable blind passengers to experience the passing landscape. Imagine the frustration of playing a game where the difficulty level constantly changes. That's what an experiment in AI technology is doing to some retro classics. Equifax has published yet more details on the personal records and sensitive information stolen by miscreants after they hacked its database last year. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yeah, man. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. This is the Category5.tv newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Twitter's 330 million users are being urged to change their passwords after some were exposed on its internal network in plain text. An error in the way passwords were handled meant that some were stored in an easily readable form, said Twitter. The passwords should have been put through a procedure called hashing, making them very difficult to read. But the bug caused the passwords to be stored on an internal computer before the hashing process was completed. In a blog, the social network said once the mistake was uncovered, it carried out an internal investigation which found no indication passwords were stolen or misused by insiders. However, it still urged all users to consider changing their passwords out of an abundance of caution. Twitter did not say how many passwords were affected, but it is understood that the number was substantial and that they were exposed for several months. Troy Hunt, who runs the Have I Been Owned website, which keeps a log of breaches, said the error was not something that would worry him because there was no indication that the login passwords were seen outside the company. Still, he urges users to act on Twitter's advice and change their passwords. Independent security expert Graham Cluley reminds us that enabling two-factor authentication adds another ID check to login attempts, which would help harden accounts. Mm-hmm. So, okay, two-factor authentication. Yes. I am new to it, but mm-hmm. I've been part of the show for long enough to understand that 
it's really important for sure. security. So I now have two-factor authentication right now only on my Steam account. Okay. It's annoying. It can be. But it's every time I do it, every single time I'm trying to log in on Steam and then I'm like, ding, oh, there's my code being texted to my right. phone. Yeah. And I get up and I go to my phone and I come back. Like I feel a little bit better, right? Like I feel... Okay, not just anybody could just try and figure out my password. Sure, yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. Should we just start embracing two-factor authentication just across the board? I sure. feel like... I think it's definitely a good security mechanism. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's not perfect, but it's, some, right. it's something additional. So what that means, two-factor authentication, instead of just entering my Twitter password, when I do, it will send me a text, and then I have to then enter the text code right so two-factor authentication make sure that i am who i say i am because i'm using the phone that is associated with my account which is right. great i find it with twitter <clears throat> when you be on your phone though with twitter yeah but usually so, you get a notification and you can see it and it's right. like five four three two one right so five four three two one and you're done i like so, it i yeah. i mean i realize it's it is not fun like it's it's not easy but it makes me feel safer that it's not sure. easy i think though that better than anything out there is just do not use the same password on multiple sites on multiple services because right. if the twitter employees were malicious and took those passwords which were stored in an internal log uh in Thank plain text format <laughs> yeah they they could and if they did and they realized oh well sasha's password is also the one that she uses on her online banking and does not have two-factor authentication on that process i can now access your banking so it's important to have different passwords on everything right which is something i don't do mm-hmm but the reason for it is the same reason that so many people don't do it. Because mm -hmm. it's impossible to remember a password. Sure. Now, I do have like a program, like it used to be passed. A program. I'm searching for the word. It used to be password box and then it was bought by somebody else. Uh, I have yeah, that one. True key. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, and it, I. <clears throat> I can only save so many passwords on it because mm -hmm. it's, right? So because of that, I don't have a lot of passwords. Uh, I use LastPass now since since PasswordBox was bought out. I didn't want to switch to Intel because it was McAfee-owned. Um, so I should have been here for I that episode. Did you say that? Uh, probably. Uh, I don't know. Isn't it public knowledge that we don't want to deal with McAfee? Well, it is, but it was just like... The simple transition because they're like we're just changing all your stuff. Over oh, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Should not have done that. Evidently, I like easy, except when it comes to two-factor authentication. I want to actually have to get up off my couch, walk to my phone, mm -hmm. get it, and be like, okay, yes, indeed, this is me, so that nobody hacks into my Steam account. That's something. That's yes. Something. Okay. Thank you, Twitter, for not releasing everybody's passwords. And if you are a Twitter user, it's important that you do change your password. And if you use that same password on other services, you need to change it there as well. Yeah, like your online banking or something. That's a good example. But Anywhere. Anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. You know, anything. It's, that's, the, that's the scenario. Ford is developing a new smart car window that will enable blind passengers to experience the passing landscape. Oh. A prototype called Feel the View uses high contrast photos to reproduce scenery using LED lights. Passengers can touch the display to feel different shades of gray vibrate at different intensities. The Royal National Institute of Blind People said the charity wholeheartedly supports the company's effort. 
Robin Spinks, innovation manager at RNB, says the technology could contribute to breaking down barriers and making travel more enjoyable and inclusive for people living with sight loss. Ford's team in Italy and GTB Roma designed the prototype with Adeo, a local startup that creates devices for people with visual impairments. In addition to the window displays, the smart car also features a voice assistant that uses artificial intelligence to describe the scenery outside the window. Neat. This is really cool and like really leads me to think, okay, so if they can do this, can they do it with art? Right? So hmm. then, right? Or could they do yeah, it with they, family they photos? Really, they really don't like people touching the Mona Lisa. Right. Yeah. But if they, if they could do like, if they could do a representation of the Mona Lisa where you touch it and you can feel the different colors sure. by the vibration. Computer screens. Right. Using similar technology. I love this. And it makes me wonder, is there a way, and I know you won't have the answer to this. I don't even... Oh, I probably will. Okay. <laughs> With, when you have a part of your, say your brain blind, right? So it's your brain that does, it, it's not your eyes that are blind, but okay. your brain blind. Does, can you rewire so that you can, like your visual kind of indicators are... Like you feel something, but you can kind of see it in your mind. Yeah, I think you were right the first time that I wouldn't know the answer right? to this. Could you actually, like who knows? People are, are driving by and doing the scenery. They're blind and they're feeling what's going on. Yeah. Perhaps finally they're reigniting parts of their brain visually. Maybe. Right? Yeah. You know, you don't know. But sure. I wonder what that sensation would be like, though, for, for somebody who is unable to see yeah. but is able to now feel the mountainscape that's going by on the outside of the yeah. window. And I mean, can I can I take it to one step further? Yes. We talked about Tesla and yes. their autonomous vehicles and how um, it's really unsafe for people to just stop paying attention to the road right now. Well, some of us think that. And in fact, last week you mentioned somebody got arrested for yes. switching over to the passenger seat and allowing the car to drive by themselves. Right. But isn't it true that companies like Tesla and Ford and, and uh, other automobile manufacturers are working toward a fully autonomous vehicle? Right. So if that's what they're working toward, could this be, maybe this is prophetic, but could Ford be working on, in secret, a car for blind people? I would love that. Think about it. I would love it. The car does the driving for you. Yes. You can feel the sensor to see what's, what's going on around you and to see what is outside your windows. Mm -hmm. Could that be the next step? Could that ah. be something that they are actually I would working on? If, love that. If I disappear and there's no show next week, you'll know I'm right. Right. Because hide the it. henchmen are already after me for this. <laughs> the Ford henchmen. <laughs> uh, don't knock, worry, knock, they'll, knock. they'll break down on their way here. <laughs> hey now. Hey, hey, hey. I love it. Wouldn't that be neat? Yes. What do you think? Is Robbie right? Well, I'm not arguing against it, so you're right. I think that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. They're I making... don't, it makes no sense for them to be making a window that you can touch that is like braille that makes no sense they want you unless to drive. unless blind people 10 years from now will be able to drive a car and they want it to be a ford that's my theory yes 
I imagine that this How is true. Cool. How <laughs> stinking cool. Imagine the frustration of playing a game where the difficulty level can constantly change. That's what an experiment in AI technology is doing to some retro classics. AI researchers do love their games, and two papers have shown that they can use general adversarial networks, or GANs, to make old favorite a lot more interesting. In two separate papers, AI researchers built general adversarial networks to construct new video games for retro classics, Super Mario Brothers and Doom. GANs were first introduced in 2014. The system is made up of two networks, a generator and a discriminator. The generator creates fake samples of training data and the discriminator tries to determine if the samples are real or fake. Both networks spar with one another and over over time, the generator learns to forge more realistic samples to trick the discriminator. By applying them to entertainment, the researchers hope that they will be used to help humans design better video games in the future. The Doom paper details a level design is usually he usually heavily relies on domain expertise, good practices, and an extensive playtesting. Though to deal with these issues, several game researchers are spending considerable effort on studying and designing procedural content generation systems that exploiting machine learning and search algorithms can model the level design process and assist human de designers. Adam Smith, co-author of the paper and an assistant professor at the University of California, said Mario Gan creates new levels very quickly but occasionally makes structural mistakes such as incompletely assembling pipe tiles. It's a similar process for Doom. A thousand Doom levels are processed into a set of training images that include the game's most important features, the walkable area, walls, floor height, objects, and room segmentation. But if you're itching to have a go at those AI-generated games, you'll have to wait a while. Both projects are still prototypes and can't be played quite yet. Although the code for the Super Mario GAN can be found on GitHub. Sebastian Risi, who co-authored the paper, said it's a problem that the team is are working on. He says, in the next version, we want to create a level that continually adapts its difficulty to the player. Oh, no way. Love it. Could you imagine? This is the future of games here. This is not just the future of games, in my opinion. I actually think that this is the future. The future is just this like is, everything's this is, controlled by well, AI this is the future and it creates our world. Of learning. Okay, so if okay. you follow me here. Yeah. Okay, so say hypothetically you have a VR headset and you're playing in a VR game and it's a simulation game and mm -hmm. say it's something small at first, right? It's something where you have to move an object, right? And it gets harder and harder where eventually you all of a sudden have like a mechanical expertise because it's it's evolving with you sure. or you become oh. a neurosurgeon, oh. right? <laughs> Yeah. Right? Like, absolutely. this is what I'm saying. It, it's teaching you. Thinking about the games. We talked with uh, Richard Portelli yes. way back, episode number 512. I just wanted to quickly search our website, category5.tv, for this Hexachords Orb Composer. Do you remember that interview? Yes. We were talking about how they, they had developed an artificial intelligence to automatically adapt the music of a game to suit the mood of where you are in the game. Right. So if you're in a forest, all of a sudden it's kind of like a little bit of a pad kind of sounding ambient. Right. And then you get into a really racy kind of adventure set, and all of a sudden it's really dun, 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 and it's all 
automatic right. through AI. Now, what if we took Orb Composer and integrated it into this AI system that creates the levels, and you're playing this game in virtual reality with your Vive on, right. and it is always, always, always different. That is awesome. Virtual reality becomes reality. Right. This, this would grow like just the mind of like the cognition of people so much because you get stagnated you're in a game that you you love so you play it a lot but it's you get good at the level you get get really good at the level this is gonna mario bros i can just ace right level one world one well now there's a new shell or now there's a new right like something's happening where you would usually jump you can't jump there anymore and it happens fast and you have to react quickly real time and it makes you better at life because now you're oh this is getting good right you're using the training now that you you're you're training your brain and you're training your responses and you're training your reflexes in a position Neat. where you're relaxed, but now you're taking that into the real world. Right, right, right. And you're a better driver because of it. Or what if, you're. What if you are autistic? Or what right. if you have um, like a PTSD or something like this and are able to cope with that through a reality scenario? Exactly. So now game development becomes not level creation, but more scenario development. Right. So here's the scenario. Here are the specifications. We know that the PTSD that this person is dealing with has to do with this. So let's create a scenario around that idea and allow the AI to adapt to right. it. Well, yeah. Even like I think about like team safety training. There are scenarios for, say, emergency responders that they wouldn't even think could possibly happen. Right? You, can, you cannot imagine sure. the thing. Somebody oh. could fall between two walls that you never even thought would happen. But the AI could probably come up with a scenario, right? That, yeah. Right? So all of a sudden, you're oh, in a man. realistic feeling scenario so that when a call does come in and something bad has happened, you already have the composure emotionally. Okay, I know how to do this. Yeah. And then you go Been and there, you do it. Yeah, done that through my vibe. Yeah. That's gaming. Oh, man, there's so much potential in this. I know, I know. They're nowhere near that yet. It's still Super Mario Bros. levels, and they haven't got them to create the pipes correctly. But thinking in the future, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we were looking at games that had terrible graphics compared to what we've got now. Right. So it could happen. This is... This is happening. We are going to become such a better species because of this like we're going yes we're going to just be far more aware i see it as a real opportunity for entertainment think about that scenario idea creating a scenario for a tv show and then allowing the ai to create the characters and have them interact with one another right and then have orb composer create the music for you I just, I just oh. know from my personal experience that I'm becoming a better boxer. So, there you go. Right? Because you were just a just mediocre boxer previously. Before, I never, I never <laughs> done a boxing match. And now that I've been playing boxing video games, it feels real. Mm-hmm. I feel... And I would never be in a boxing ring. Are you kidding me? I'm five <laughs> feet tall. But... <laughs> but I feel like these sorts of games are actually what will train people. Okay. Police and fire departments and oh yeah, I like it. Very cool. You know what I don't like is this next story. Uh oh. Uh oh. 
Equifax has published yet more details on the personal records and sensitive information stolen by miscreants after they hacked its databases last year. The cyber break-in occurred because Equifax ran an unpatched and therefore insecure version of Apache Struts, something it blamed on a single employee. That said, just three months ago at the RSA con conference in San Francisco, Derek Weeks of Sonatype claimed thousands of companies still continue to download vulnerable versions of struts. The good news, the company, the, the number of individuals affected by Equifax network intrusion has not increased from the one 146.6 million that Equifax previously announced. But extra types of records accessed by the hackers, however, have turned up in, Man in Mandiant's outgoing audit of the security breach. On Monday, Equifax submitted a letter to the SEC, Corporate America's financial watchdog. Brace yourself. Here's a summary of the numbers, as well as the 146.6 million names, 146.6 million dates of birth, 145.5 million social security numbers, 99 million street addresses, and 209,000 payment cards, including the number and expiry date, the company has now said that there were also 38,000 American driver's license and 3,200 passports stolen as well. The extra data elements, the company said, didn't involve any individuals not already known to be part of the super hack, so no additional consumer notifications are required. Yikes. This is just like heebie-jeebie stuff. Like, yeah. do you have advice on how to prevent how it? You, you can't prevent it. This is Equifax. Yeah. Like, you, you trust them with your data because they, they're Equifax. They're Equifax. Like, they're... What can you even do? You can't like you do can't. anything. Like, can you start life over? Because they have the power to make or break people based on their credit scores. Right. And now, like, I just think the stuff that's been stolen yeah. is the way to create an entire identity. Really? Like, okay, now I know your name. I know your birthday. I know your address. I know your credit card number and expiry date. I know mm -hmm. your passport number. Yep. I know your driver's license. Mm -hmm. Am I missing anything? Is there, am I missing anything where I could just walk in somewhere and say, okay, listen, I forgot my ID, mm -hmm. but here are some things you need to know about me. Do you believe I am <clears throat> who I say I am? I'm Sasha Rickman. Right. And uh, here's my driver's license. Here's. I worked at a bank. <laughs> I worked at a bank and I was not hacked. That's not, that's wrong. I was somebody stole from me. Phishing scam or something? Somebody walked in and this is Oh. Yeah, and and they Did they trick forgot, you with words? Yeah, they words? tricked me with their words. Okay. So I'm sensitive to this because it happened to me and I mm. no longer work at a bank. Yeah. But but the thing is, if somebody has enough information that they can have a conversation with you and sound confident enough in it, People are going to believe that you are who you say you are. Yeah. And they maybe, just are. And maybe that's it. Um, and there's a flip side to that, Sasha, in that if somebody has enough information about you personally, yeah. you will believe that they are who they say they are. Right. So uh, on the entire flip side of someone pretending to be you, there is someone calling you up and pretending to be someone they're not yeah. and presenting themselves with information that convinces you that they are that. Exactly. Yeah. For example, uh, hi, Sasha Rickman? Yeah. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who's this? Oh, this is uh, this is Dave Jenkins from uh, from RBC, Royal Bank of Canada, and uh, we see that um, you have an account with us, and your account number is such and such, and here's your, uh, you know, we've got your date of birth, for example. Um, so that we, we can now confirm to you that we are who we say we are. So, you know, I'm, I'm the bank and, and I'm calling because um, there's been a, an exploit at the bank and we need you to immediately sign in to our web portal in order to add two-factor authentication to your account so that your account cannot be compromised and your money stolen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a, a link to this, um, to this portal that's going to allow you to add the two-factor authentication, so um, I'll send that over to you now. I already have your email address. Don't worry. Here it is. You received that? Okay, yeah. Click there. Okay, now push that button. Yeah, now log into your online banking. Perfect. Have a nice day. Oh. Now I've transferred all your money away. Like, just just an example, right? It's just... Just... I don't even... It's unspeakably scary yeah. how bad this would be. I mean, I guess Equifax has notified the people who are victim to this. But how do you know? If it's not Equifax, how do you know that this hasn't already happened to you? You, you can't necessarily know. You really mm-hmm. have to walk with caution. The part that scares oh, me, the part that really scares me in this whole thing, and I'm still on me trying to prove who I am in this situation, if I did indeed lose all of my stuff and now there's this increased level of skepticism, mm-hmm. who's going to believe I am who I am? Sure. Because now they're just going to assume everybody's stolen everybody else's data. And how, how, do, you do, pro- how do you prove you're, you're you anymore? And how do you prove any... Like, I have had it happen before this breach where um, somebody had somehow put a debt on my Equifax record that did not exist. Right. Like it was something like $11.6 million and it was, it was ridiculous. So I had to fight it to get them to get it removed from my credit record because I couldn't buy a house. I couldn't do anything because this was on my credit record. Somebody had been able to compromise my, my record like that. So then when a bank would check my account through Equifax to see if I can get a house like what do Sorry, you already no, own? You, you owe eleven point six million dollars, which I do not. Right. Thankfully, or <laughs> yes. you'd have a house already. I feel thankfully, like. thankfully, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I was able to yeah. prove otherwise. But what about a case where they have access to all of your information and can now damage your credit rating and everything else? It's a scary situation. So, what can you do? Really, just keep a close eye on your bank accounts. Keep a close eye on things. Make sure your passwords are up to date. Make sure you are very cautious of phishing scams like that phone conversation that RBC just had with Sasha Rickman. But it can also happen in person. It can. Which is scary. Mm -hmm. Just you have to be extra cautious right across the board. Trust no one. That breaks my heart. I know. It's such a world. Uh, It's such a world. There's more good out there than bad. It's true. Let's keep it that way. Okay. All right. Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. Thank you for joining us this week. That's all the time that we have. That's right. (laughs) Unreal. Whoa. Time flies, folks, when we're having fun. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. It's been a blast. You have fun? Oh, phew. Good. 
And I can't wait to see you next week. Don't forget to tune in to New Every Day this weekend as we introduce our new hosts and new show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I will see you uh, next uh, next Wednesday and other times, too. We're all over the timetable. That's true. I'll be here Wednesday. I will see you Saturday. I'll see you Sunday. See you Thursday. Depends on where you're watching, folks. Take care. (laughs) Have a great week.